This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're listening to Pressing Matters, the show where we go behind the headlines and explore issues driving the press. I'm Shazana Mokhtar. News media is an increasingly difficult business to break into in the digital age, but Malay masthead Sinar Haryan is making a foray into the English language media space with the launch of its online portal, Sinar Daily. What's the strategy for Sinar Daily to carve out a space of its own in the Malaysian media landscape? With me on the show today to talk about this is editor Tasnim Lokman. Tasnim, thanks for joining me today. Hi, Shazana. Thank you for having me today. Before we get into the mechanics of Sina Daily, let's get to know the woman in charge. So maybe we could start with getting an idea of how you got your start in journalism and what was your path to helming a news media portal? Um, I started in print for a national newspaper. I was with NSD, New Straits Times. Uh, when I started, I was just a cadet journalist. I was actually aiming for a PR job in the company, but there was an opening for a bunch of journalists. So when we entered, actually my batch was 12 people in one row. So that was really fun. Uh, the environment that we were in during that time, because media was transforming, right? From print to digital. What I'm saying is, I personally was experiencing both sides. Mm. So when I joined Sina Karnkraft for Sina Daily, I realized that there were... A bigger scope that I needed to cover. I had my print experience, but I also had to adapt to fully going digital. Okay, we'll get more into that. I want to come back to the question of why. Why Sina Haryan is doing this? Because it's built a reputation as the platform for intellectual discourse in Basim Layu. I think it's very well established. You've got the Wachanas, the debate series, you know, it's cornered the market on that language front. Um, it's now going into the English domain um, with Sinar Daily. So what's the thinking behind setting up an entirely new portal in a space that's frankly littered with well-established competition. You're coming up against the likes of Malaysia Kini, Malaysian Insight, the Malay Mail. So where does Sinar Daily fit in all of this? You're absolutely right. Sinar Haran has dominated the Malay scene. It's been 16 years now since the first print and they have actually, if you've noticed over the past few years, Sinar Haran has fully adapted and embraced the digital platforms. They have their own programs, their own series, their own... Even TikTok. They're like one of the first to do TikTok reporting. Uh, 31st July will be Sina Karnkraft's 16-year anniversary. And the management just felt that it was time to penetrate the English market. Uh, because there is still... I would say there is still a space or a gap for under the underserved and also absolutely free of political inclinations when mm. it comes to English reporting. Our hashtag is like transparent and truthful. So it's from all divides, regardless uh, which side you're on. And we're trying to go full, not just locally, but also internationally from all sides. Uh, that's why we have a specific Islamic world content. So mm. it's not just like from the Western view of Islamic issues, but also international issues from Islamic countries as well. I definitely see the gap that you're talking about when it comes to English-speaking Islamic content with an international slant. I do think that there is a big market for that in Malaysia that hasn't quite been explored. So I take it that that's the space that you're hoping to make more gains in. I think that's with the frontier when it comes to English language yes, and Malaysian that's, media. Yes, that's one of the main, uh, that's one of our main pillars besides news and politics. I was curious, how long has the idea for Sinar Daily been in the pipeline? For, okay, I from think like, um, 
I actually just joined Sina Daily like last year, towards the end of the year. They have been toying with the idea of an English portal for the past few years since I think G14. But Sina Karanka really took the plunge uh, just last year because we're looking at G15 happening soon. So we didn't want to miss the... Um, the boat. The boat, yes. <laughs> we didn't want to miss the boat. I actually joined in October. So we launched in January. Originally, we were supposed to launch in November. But I was like, I'm not going to make it in two weeks. I don't think so. Because we had to hire people and we had to, you know, lay out the plans and the editorial focus and things like that. So... Thank goodness we managed to make it for the new year. I think that's very strategic in the sense that this needs to come online before GE15. Yeah. And we know that GE15 could be called at Big any time. point at this, oh yeah, this stage. So you did mention the focus of your coverage. It covers a range of things. It's current news, it's lifestyle, um, eventually Islamic content. I want to know what your synergy with Sina Haryan is. How closely together do you work? Do you translate each other's content? Or at the moment, does Sina Daily translate Sina Haryan's content? How is that collaboration, okay. if any? Basically, we have our own editorial team. Uh, we have our own editors, editor, lifestyle editor. We have a special projects editor soon. We share our content. It's nothing... Different from my previous company, which we did convergence before this. So for Sina Haryan and Sina Daily, we share whatever we have. I've uh, whatever Sina Daily's news that is pertinent for print, we uh, Sina Haryan do pick it up and translate. And whatever we feel we need to take from Sina Haryan's print. So there is you do share your yes, stories share. and you share. In terms of conversion, are people who read Sina Haryan also the people who read Sina Daily? Not really, because um, maybe somewhat, major not majority, but some of our readers are from Sinaharan. They click us from Sinaharan because we have the English tab, right, on Sinaharan's website. But then I realized that when we cross-post, we do have comments saying, like, talk in Malay. <laughs> so we know that it's from Sinaharan's viewers. But uh, basically, they do read uh, people. I think Sinaharan has also diversified themselves. It's not pure B40 or specific Malay readers alone. They have also gained uh, Malaysian professionals, T20 and 40 readers. So I think those who come from Sinaharan are also English readings, English reading um, readers. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's that mix of yeah. both, but you're also trying to reach out to a new market yeah. that maybe hasn't really had a, a that doesn't that feels maybe they don't have a, a, an outlet for them. Yes, you're right. You know, because because Sinaharan, um, people keep thinking that Sinaharan are actually readers from non-urban readers. People always think like non-urban people read Sinaharan. Because it comes from the East Coast, right? Exactly, you're right. But people would be surprised that when we look at the data, it's actually urban people. Klang Valley is the highest. So it's actually people who just want content that is not slanted in certain ways, in certain sides. They just want transparent and truthful. Sinaharan's tagline is Tulus and Telus. So I think they just want fair reporting. And these people are realizing that because you're, I'm sure, because they're urban, they stay in Klang Valley, they also read English content, and they are also joining us on board for English news. <laughs> Who exactly do you see as your target consumer? Do you have an image of the typical reader of Sinar Daily at this point? Yeah, our target right now is Malaysian uh, Malaysian professionals. Um, I would say millennials and also the younger generation. We Actually, you know, I'll highlight this small matter. In TikTok, most people are young, right? 
And we had like viral videos from TikTok. <laughs> Maybe you know this. And it's surprising because the comments are from younger people. So there was one post about women not born being ladies, right? And there was a comment by this girl. She's in school and she actually argued that, you know what? She was a assistant class monitor for three years. And then she this year, she wanted to be the class monitor. But the teacher literally told her it's a boy's job. So we had a follow-up afterwards with Wachana English Edition where the Mufti said, you know, this is wrong. This is not Islam. You know, it's not Islam's fault that uh, women are sat back. You know, women have always been in front even during the Prophet's time. So so she actually argued that with the class teacher. I mean, that's our purpose. Basically, when we started Sinadili, we wanted to have that conversation with people to change that mindset and just allow the conversation to keep going. Aha, you mentioned viral video. We're going to get into that Tasnim after a short break. I'm speaking to Tasnim Lokman, editor of online news portal Sinar Daily. We'll have more in just a bit. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Thanks for staying tuned to Pressing Matters on the Morning Run. With me today is Tasnim Lokman, editor of the latest English online news portal Sinar Daily, a sister outlet to the Malay language Sinar Haryan. Earlier, you were talking about a video on women leaders that went viral. And this is, of course, the interview with Datuk Nurul Hidayah Ahmad Zahid, the daughter of UMNO President Datuk Sri Zaid Hamidi. Can you walk me through how the story came about? Was this an engineered encounter or was it unexpected that these comments would come out and create the splash that it did? Honestly, it's just one of the many episodes of Politically Frank. And we've interviewed so many politicians. I didn't expect it to go super viral. The week before Nur Hidayah, we had Anwar Ibrahim. That didn't even make a splash. To be fair, Nur Hidayah has contested in uh, party elections. She is somewhat a politician on her own, say lah. Like, that's her, that's her, you know, in party level. So, I think, like, to, to me, we were just giving... We were just interviewing politicians because mm. Politically Frank is about anybody associated with politics. We even had like Roshini, who was a political advocate for Undi 18. We had like political, basically political advocates and polit- everyone from all levels of polit- uh, party politics, political parties. So Hidayah is just one of the many political people that we in- interviewed. Mm. And that's her thought. And in all honesty, I think whatever she said actually sparked a, co- a bigger conversation. Did you get any backlash for for portraying Nurul Hidayah or for for what she said? You know what kind of so I suppose there were of course there were the many who who came out against her to kind of uh, kind of uh, rebut what she said. I think that's what sparked the broader conversation. But did you get any other reactions yeah. from maybe those who are from her side or from those who agreed with her? Like what 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 uh, was we, the range? we did we did actually get some response from people who agreed with her. But that's very, very minimal. I don't think many people would actually shout that they agreed with her. But there were also people who were, like, angry at us for allowing her to talk about it, like, giving the platform for her to talk about it. But, like, I stick by the fact that we're transparent and truthful from all sides of the divide. You're right. Like, media shapes the mindsets of the people. But how do we help those from the other side, from the side of Nurul Hidayah, like, just to enable them to think further, right? To open their minds to what we think. So, sparking this conversation and giving out the platform for the follow-up, I would think that it invited those from that side to think and actually consider the whole situation. Mm. Because the thing is, like, 
I feel it's unfair. We had like very, very strong feminists and they say they're blaming us for putting this out. But doesn't that make you narrow to one side only? Like we're trying to help open and help the others who may be stuck that side and open and think further. So, so getting people to think beyond just their bubble because it's so easy to just stay in the exactly. bubble that you're in, right? Exactly. But I guess what you're trying to do is you're straddling all the different worlds and just trying to get them to see that, hey, there's some people who think like this and some people who think like exactly. that. And how important is going viral as a strategy for you to gain more attention? Because this Nurul Hidayah video definitely went viral. Is that something that uh, Sinardiyali is actively trying to achieve or is this an accident? <laughs> Honestly, it was not a strategy. It was not, I promise you. (laughs) It can't, it doesn't hurt though. It doesn't hurt to bring up the Sinar Daily name in public consciousness. You're right, you're right. Because before, prior to that, we weren't getting as much attention compared to the, from the masses, I would say. If you're not, I realize when you're in a digital scope, you don't have loyal readers because you're competing with a thousand other online portals, not even portals. You're competing with like social media influences as well. So I noticed that if you're in print, you take the effort to go and buy your paper. That means you're committed to your source. But when you're just scrolling, scrolling, and you can just read whoever, it takes a lot of effort to gain viewership. So I guess you're right. It doesn't hurt to go viral. But I promise you it wasn't. It was It was by accident. Now, I want to talk about profit and money-making. News media has become notoriously difficult to make money in. The business proposition for news outlets is poor in the digital age, for online especially. Um, is Sinar Daily expected to become profit-making at some point? Or is this investment more of an experiment by Karan Kraft? Um we we have a business plan. <laughs> there are phases in one, but of course we've only been operating for the past six months. So there is a grace period, but that's why I think um, we all know that most media companies make money from ads, right? So that's why most I'm that's why certain angles are created for commercial content mm-hmm. so yeah okay so commercial content is one of those avenues that you're yes that you're looking to pursue yes well do you see yourself putting up a paywall for your content at some point Sinar Harian has a premium yes site uh, that's subscription based is that the direction that you see Sinar Daily going to in the long term yes okay when you say term. long term in the next year two years um I think we have phases phase one phase two phase three uh, so we would need to finish off the first phase, phase second phase first until we reach that point, but not not in the next few years. Okay, not um, not prior to GE fifteen for sure. Ah, uh, no, no, definitely okay. not. <laughs> and uh, like you said, you launched in the, on the first of January this year. It's been almost six months. What kinds of targets have you set out to achieve uh, in this first year of operations? You know, do you have specific KPIs in terms of uh, subscribers or followers or clicks or how do, how do you chart that progress? <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, basically, we're hoping to reach at least 1 million by end of the year. Okay. But you never know what's going to happen, right? Like, we were moving very slow when we started, but we managed to f- go triple within the next oh, within two months or three months or so so I think um, it depends on even though how great your content is if it's not like seen or because it's digital so if people don't pick it up it will never reach it will never reach as far as you want to right that's the issue where I feel that we cannot rely 100% on social media platforms even though 
it's where people are and you have to be there to make a presence, right? To be visibly felt. We also have to make physical um, relationships and also make people think like, oh, I want to go to Sina Daily on my own without scrolling on Twitter and Instagram or like Facebook. So I'm really glad like in May, we noticed uh, we suddenly shifted from social media clicks to direct, direct search. Like people actually searched Sina Daily to go to our website. So I was actually excited about that. So I'm hoping that we, to strengthen that part. What do you think, what are people looking for at Sinar Daily? Um, I guess, what's the content that you think is driving people to the site as opposed to just reacting to what they see on, on Twitter or social media? I would say, like, uh, we, we strive on our comprehensive reports and also the lifestyle content. There is an avenue for local lifestyle content that is actually engaging with uh, Malaysians. So one of our signature programs is relatable. It's for women, about women, women issues. Uh, when Joho happened, we talk about female representatives in politics. You know, our next episode is actually tomorrow. Where it's our first live talk show with a live sit-in audience. Uh, the topic is young and divorced, which is like a huge issue right now, right? We hope people could join us and look at what's happening in terms of women who are struggling with this issue. It's streamed live on our Facebook and Sina Daily website. It's 11 to 12, so you can catch it then. On that cleverly timed plug, Tasnim, thanks for joining me today. And we look forward to seeing what happens with Sina Daily. Thank you so much. I've been speaking to Tasnim Lukman, editor of online news portal Sinar Daily. This has been Pressing Matters on The Morning Run. Stay tuned for the 10am News Bulletin coming up next. BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.